Hello and welcome to the Irish Memory Box. The Irish Memory Box fosters a more vibrant sense of community. It is a new way for Irish generations to communicate and learn from each other. Today, Anne Serb will be interviewed by Anya. I'm Anya, I'm nine and I'm in third class. Good girl. <laughs> Anne Serb, um, we've been a member of, <clears throat> of the Heritage Centre for probably 25 years and um, my uh, father was the first born in this country to immigrants. My grandmother and grandfather met uh, in Charlestown, Massachusetts. He had come and was staying at the rooming house as the men did as they came over from Ireland. They first went and got a room in the rooming house where they could also get food. Well, he wound up marrying the landlady's daughter. My mother's parents uh, were born here to Irish immigrants from the famine days. I've got the Irish on, on both sides, and there's one great-grandfather we don't talk about much since he was a um, soldier in the occupying British Army. Fell in love with my grandmother, married her in the cathedral in Ireland, raised all the children Catholic. Have you always lived in Chicago? Um, I was born in Massachusetts and uh, came here to Chicago when my father was working here in an essential industry during the war and could not get back to um, Massachusetts to see us. So it was easier for him to bring us out here. And we've been here ever since. <laughs> okay. How are you connected to Ireland? Well, I have the blood roots. I have spent the several nights in the cottage where my grandfather was born, visiting cousins there. Actually, all of my grandfather's brothers and sisters came to the United States, except the one who stayed on the farm to take care of the farm and the parents, the aging parents. We've met all of the, my father's cousins and their children have met my kids. My kids have gone to Ireland, stayed with them. They've been going back and forth across the Atlantic like they were taking a bus. What part of Ireland did your ancestors live in? Uh, they lived in Donegal up in Clonmany, right by the ocean. The farm has been in the family for more than 300 years. Rented, of course, most of the time until they were Catholics were allowed to buy the land. What was your childhood like? Well, uh, <laughs> most of the time I lived in a neighborhood where we had a lot of Irish immigrant neighbors. My father was very active in the Knights of Columbus and the Holy Name Society, as were almost all of the Irish Catholic families in the neighborhood. It was different in that it was a much simpler time for everybody. Mm -hmm. But it was also nice to hear the basically the sounds of home. My grandparents were all dead before I was born. So it was wonderful to hear the Irish talk around me. It felt, it felt like home. What are the Knights of Columbus? In, in the United States, uh, it was an organization of, of Catholic men. And um, well, basically they were there for any time one of the car, it was across the United States. And primarily Irish and Italian uh, people. And um, my father was um, my father was a fourth degree knight, which is right up there near the top. 
his cousin was the, um, uh, oh, I can't remember the formal name of, he was the Grand Knight. Um, uh, my, one of my brothers uh, after retirement wound up joining him in San Diego. <laughs> and one of my sons is on the, is on the petition to have the Chicago Police Department have a Columbus Council. He was the 10th man needed to sign so they could get a charter. So, uh, but they were um, very um, interesting to see. Whenever there was a big formal Catholic gathering or political gathering, they would be there in tuxedos, uh, plumed hats, capes, swords. I mean, it was quite impressive. That's crazy. How have you managed during the COVID pandemic? Well, we are part of the Irish senior group. So we've been able to meet twice a month on the Zoom, but we have been keeping very, very careful rules with ourselves and, and uh, made sure that we've been isolated. Several of my children are first responders. Several daughters-in-law are nurses. So we've all been very, very careful. And now just about all of us have had our vaccinations. But it's been lonely, except for the twice a month seeing familiar faces. What are your hobbies? Well, let's see. Uh, I Right now, I'm, I'm finishing a crocheting an Afghan for a granddaughter who's about to go off to college. I've tried to do this with the, each of the children as they were leaving their homes. Right now, I am trying to clean up the mess in my office because I've been a writer and I have far too many. I've had um, books published, um, thousands of magazine articles, and I'm trying to make some sense out of them now because it's just a mess. <laughs> Do you know any Irish myths or legends? My father used to tell some very interesting stories. Um, I, I suppose a few of them were true, but uh, <laughs> we used to have, uh, when I was in school, we had a priest who was from Ireland and he used to come into the classrooms and upset the good sisters because he told us stories of the leprechauns. Go! <laughs> I can't imagine life without stories of leprechauns. Who would? <laughs> I know some, can I tell you? One about the banshee. At night, you might hear someone wailing. <laughs> and someone's there crying. I heard this from my teacher that if you pick up her hairbrush or comb you um she it like burns you or something I can't remember. The banshee's cry is supposed to mean that somebody is going to die. Yeah it probably makes people pay a lot more attention to saying their prayers when they go to bed at night. Oh and the seven sisters one that I learned about when I went to Bellani Castle. Um, it's about a king had seven daughters and two sons. The king was powerful, but he had many enemies. One day he went to war. They won the battle, but the two sons died. So the king put up 
nine stones and knocked two of the stones down. There's one about the Irish fairies that they take um, babies and they bring them to their world. Let's face it, you know, it makes life more interesting to believe in fairies. So I think there's a purpose for all of these stories. <laughs> Is there any myths in America that you know? Well, um, especially around Halloween, we're supposed to have ghosts. Yeah. One of the stories is that there was a, um, a young woman would be seen out late on Halloween on the road and look distressed and people would stop and pick her up. She would ask for a ride. She said she needed to go home and she would have them stop at the gates of the cemetery and then she would disappear. Well, it's an interesting old town. It's nowhere near as like as like any town or city in Ireland, I'll tell you. <clears throat> when we first got to Ireland the first time, my husband couldn't get over the fact that there were buildings there that were more than a thousand years old. Because at that time in Chicago, we were involved in something called urban renewal. So if there was a building that was more than 40 years old, we tore it down and built something else. Do you have kids? I have been very, very fortunate. I have eight children. Well, one of them two years ago went to heaven um, after being very sick for a long, long time. So that was a, we miss her, but it was a happy passing. All of her brothers and sisters and nieces and nephews were there when she left us. So it was, I have what were they used to call in the old days a happy death. Um, the others are uh, all grown up. Some of them are grandparents. We have um, 21 grandchildren. That's a lot. That's a lot, isn't it? But we started with eight children and uh, we have, now we have seven great-grandchildren. And uh, of our grandchildren, a number of them have been Irish dancers. Including, <clears throat> including several of them who are half Chinese, who love to maintain the customs of Ireland and the customs of China. That's cool. Isn't that cool? And several of the children are uh, also Irish musicians and uh, two or three of them are also half Chinese. I'm a musician. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. You would fit right into our family. What instrument do they play? <clears throat> well, let's see. There's uh, We've got a couple of drummers. Several of them play um, the guitar, of course, um, the piano, and flute, uh, bugle, almost everything. <laughs> when they get together, they, they love to make music. So it's always fun when we have a family party. I only play the flute and I'm starting to learn the tin whistle. I got a recorder, but I never really learned how to play it. Did you know that Anya is the Irish for Anne? Uh, yes, I think so. That's what my Irish cousins call me. If you could live in any place in the world, in the every single, single place, where would it be? 
Well, I would want to stay in Chicago because this is where my family is, my children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. But if I weren't here, I would want to be in Ireland. I, it is home and I have family there too. And uh, that's where I would love to be. But for my last question, what was your favorite thing to do when you were my age? Oh, well, of course, dolls, but I have always been a reader. Yay! Yay! Yes. And all of my all of my children were readers. When they were little, I they had a choice. Um, there we had quiet time every day, and they could either take a nap or read a book. They couldn't talk or play games. And most of them preferred to read a book. And my grandchildren grew up as I did, surrounded by books. See, when my grandfather was a boy, he was, when he was in third grade, he had to leave school to go and help on the family farm. He was the oldest in the family, but he had learned to read. And when he came to the United States, he was in a town right next to Boston where almost all the Irish immigrants came. He thought he had died and gone to heaven when he discovered the Boston Public Library. Since he had already learned how to read, he was able to educate himself. He was one of the first Irishmen to become a foreman with the Boston Electric Company. Nice. I love reading books. Oh, I do too. It's the very best thing in the world. I've read at least every book that I like at least five or six times. They're so good. Yes, I do too. I go back and I reread my favorites because it's like having an old friend. Do you have any hopes or advice for people listening? Read a book about everything. <laughs> I think to, to, first of all, if you're a reader, you, you have a way to escape. But um, I think also too, it's wonderful that we have Zoom. My family has Zoom, um, Zoom meeting every Monday night. So we can't hug them, but at least we can see all those faces. And now I can see a baby that's starting to walk. <laughs> so I think that we are very fortunate to be in a time where at least we can have Zoom to help us stay together. It's hard. It's hard to be a young person. Well, it's hard to be an old person too and not be able to be with other people that you care about. And that brings us to the end of this episode. If you or someone you know wants to get involved, please email us at grace at irishchicago.org.